1: Welcome back to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar.
2: And I'm Tom Knezik, and today we have a very special episode, <laughs> uh, kind of a, a failure of our own doing in a sense. Um, Fran and I were talking about how we had every episode pre-scheduled, well not recorded, but pre-scheduled all the way from the, basically the beginning of the year through middle of March. Yeah. Yes. And then we had... Uh, we actually had one week last week two weeks ago excuse me where we were going to record two episodes yes um we had a meeting that popped up on one of the days and then the the guests that day actually said hey you know what i haven't been feeling well (laughs) for the last couple days (laughs) do you mind if we push this and we all said yeah that's a great idea uh knowing that we're gonna have to find a new guest for this week and we tried and tried and Nothing really panned out. We had one we, guest that said he would do it, but he's like, I really want to do it with this other person, and I'd rather them come to the nursery and do it later in the year. And we all kind of agreed that's probably the better idea. And we
1: could have – we we definitely could have, like, made a few last-minute phone calls yesterday and – that, you know, those episodes have worked in the past, but I always feel weird when we're throwing it together, like yeah. getting someone to agree, saying, we're doing it tomorrow, we'll put it together. Yep, it, it, yep. It's always worked out well, but I feel bad doing that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, I actually had a script in the bank from oh, years right. ago. I, it was actually, it was uh, originally going to be episode 102. Really? That, wow. That was, it was another one of those times where we needed a guest and we've in this case, last minute, we were able to pull it together. Yes. And uh, and didn't have to use this script. Um, and it might be maybe our mo- most important uh, guest ever, <laughs> you know, to some of you. Um,
1: it's a new low. It's a new low for the the podcast.
2: And Well, I wouldn't say it's a low. I think it's actually <laughs> the, probably a high. And it's something where uh, people have heard this story in bits and pieces, but today they're going to hear it. All together, today we take a break from a regular scheduled programming to dive in the enigma that is Franchismar.
1: <laughs> yeah, I kind so, of feel
2: when you told me about this,
1: I kind of felt like I'm pretty open about all of my stories. And I feel like throughout the course of four years, I've told much of my story. But you mm-hmm. kind of assured me like it's been bits and pieces over four years. Yeah. And I don't always elaborate because of time, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I'm curious what you have for me today. I'm curious if there's anything I can tell that I haven't haven't shared. Well and I was I'm
2: a- I'm hoping again, I I wrote these questions uh two some years ago now and uh have not looked at them since.
1: <laughs> I was actually thinking when we talked about this yesterday, we haven't officially done a Tom episode, although you no. were part of the Pinelands nursery yeah. one and the one that you did with the seed fields with your brother, because I know the two of yeah, you yeah. talked and that a was, lot about it. That was
2: kind of my idea is no, sometime in the future, maybe even two years from now, yeah. we'll come to this point again where we had a guest or didn't have a guest and we need to throw something together last minute. And that's where you can interview me. Yeah. You know, I'll and, have to
1: start putting my Tom questions together. And,
2: um, but I think one of the things uh, we've developed over these last four years, nearly four years of oh, four years as like in a month yeah. or less Um is we've learned quite a bit, and uh we, I wouldn't say we've established ourselves as experts, but uh, but I think we have a story to tell individually now too. I do. I or was, when we started, I don't know if we were there.
1: No, definitely. Even there's a big difference between now and two years ago had we done this mm-hmm. at, at episode 102. I think it's more pertinent today where I think people would be more interested, and it's a better story overall, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah. I hope. Yeah.
2: So with that, I'm right. I'm gonna kick into my first question. All right, go ahead. And um, It's weird not knowing what the question is. I know, because <laughs> I did not I did not share these with friend at no. all too. So he didn't get to prepare in any way. Yeah. Which I know is driving you nuts. It it's, really is. <laughs> it, it really and is. That makes me smile a little yeah. knowing how like you're getting a little my squeamish OCD, over there. Yeah. Um but the first question I had was yes. did you have you grew up in, in a suburban area. Yes. Um and with a, a from what I've learned from you, a family that wasn't you didn't go and like camp a lot and do all that kind of stuff. Did you have an appreciation for nature as a kid?
1: Somewhat, you know. And and you mentioned that we, uh, my whole childhood, we went on one vacation. Um, you, you know, we would do day trips to the the beach, or or I guess where I grew up down the shore. Um, you know, those always happen. But we went on one vacation when I was. Six or seven to the National Boy Scout Jamboree, which my father was very involved in Boy Scouts his entire life. And uh, we went to Pittsburgh and they bought a pop up trailer that got used that one time Mm -hmm. and then sat on our front yard for two years. (laughs) You know, it became like a fixture of the property and then they sold it. But uh,
2: my. Seems like there's a lot of purchases like that where people are like, I'm going to buy this $1000 kayak and we're going we're going to be kayak people and then all of a sudden they don't have I'm not picking on you with the kayaks too cuz you no, use your kayaks we, I do know people who bought kayaks and then all of a sudden don't use the But we we'll don't go, go as much as
1: we like. We go yeah. like
2: twice a year which
1: in our minds we were going to go once, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. often and it just doesn't work yeah. out that way. But you know, being in suburbia like the houses did have trees. Like I remember as a kid, like a lot more bugs. Like I remember a lot mm-hmm. of caterpillars and a yeah. lot of inchworms. And there were green spaces in Levittown. There still are like right across – right across the street from my development where I grew up, which is now Condos, was a garden center, Hazanka's, mm-hmm. which had supplied all the pansies to the World's Fair when it was in um, uh, Flushing Meadows. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, my mom would walk me to the garden center a lot. When we would we would walk through there. We would go to Black Ditch Park, which was right outside of our development, also. Mm. Uh, but it was more like a really rundown strip. But going fishing with my dad, we were members of the Penn Warner Club in yeah. uh, Tullytown. So, you know, I didn't know trees. Like I had an appreciation of the outdoors, but like I had never really been in woods or anything like that. Like not like my kids had a different upbringing. <laughs> Than I did because they mm-hmm. obviously, with my connection, they had much more. But you know, I did Boy Scouts as a kid, so I had that, but I don't know. It wasn't as strong of a connection, I would say. Yeah. As a kid, like I had access to it, but it wasn't like I think back about like some of our past guests and how they've described mm-hmm. it. I didn't have that. But yeah. I had a little bit of an appreciation.
2: Yeah. I'll save my answer for that when you interview me. Okay. But, uh, you know, I I, I I can agree with some of that and reflect on it in my, yeah. my own life is yeah. differently. It was, it was we there. did have a lot yeah. of outdoor appreciation for the – a lot of outdoor interactions.
1: Did you hunt as a kid
2: with your uh, dad? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: See, like I didn't know anyone that hunted. You know, mm-hmm. like that was – like it was a blue – I'm sure people did. I just yeah. didn't – know them you know but it was a blue collar neighborhood most of the the people in our development their fathers worked at Fairless Steel Mm -hmm. it was like basically like a a steel mill town that was a lot of the,
0: yeah
2: Yeah. very interesting yeah so when did you realize you wanted to work in the green industry about four years ago
1: (laughs) 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 so um you know and I know I mean if you're okay with me going in depth, like some of this stuff I've glossed over but never Mm -hmm. really gone into it. So like I had always thought – like all kidding aside, like when I was a kid, I thought I was going to be a major league baseball player. Mm -hmm. Like I was actually pretty athletic, like three varsity letters in in high school, Um, and I thought I was going to go to school to be an English teacher. Like I was really into literature and writing, and I thought that was going to be my path and uh i know i mentioned before i never went to college but i never explained why mm-hmm. so i mean this this goes way back but so my my father uh grew up in philadelphia in kensington which has had its lows and is starting mm-hmm. to to come back up in philly not a not a fantastic part of philly but when he went to the korean war his family created all of these charge accounts under his name mm-hmm. and didn't pay any of the bills. Yeah. So when he got back from the Korean War, he got thrown in jail. <laughs> and, yeah. And no, a great way to come home. No, so he swore at that point he would never borrow money. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have the money for something, you're not doing it. Yep. So I think it was like 10th grade you start thinking about college mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to go to school, you know, maybe I'll get a soccer scholarship." Um which never materialized. Like I got a lot of Division three offers, mm-hmm. but nothing that was was money related. And uh, he was like, "Well, there's no money for college, so you're not going." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and at that point, like, unfortunately for a for a 16 year old kid, like I was kind of devastated, and I kind of fell into like drugs and alcohol at that point because mm-hmm. I gave up. Like yeah. when I was a smart kid, I was like. I was in the gifted program. I I was Mm -hmm. tested twice as a kid. Like, my two IQ scores were 139 and 142. So, like, I had the intelligence to do it. And I remember, like, having conversations with guidance counselors, and they're like, You sure you're not going to, like, and they give me the, like, like, back then it was all the forms for Mm -hmm. financial aid, but I didn't know what to do with them. Yeah. Like, I remember having them going, Well, like, I don't know the information to fill Mm -hmm. it. I just didn't do anything. Yeah. And I drank and, Mm-hmm. Found drugs. <laughs> so not not like a junkie, but like you know, was doing L S D and, and mescaline and marijuana and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. and drinking. So I just I almost didn't graduate high school. Like yeah. it came down literally to the last week of high school.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I had uh, I had already failed I needed one more math credit and it came down to the final, which I got a D on. Mm-hmm. To pass, and I had gifted English twelfth grade. There was a the whole year was working on a term paper, mm-hmm. and I hadn't done it. Yeah, and the teacher pulled me aside, and she she was at one point a neighbor of ours, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I'm doing this out of respect for your parents, but if you don't turn in the term paper, you don't just fail; you get an incomplete. Yeah, like you're repeating. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. year. So. I put the term paper together in three days <laughs> the, when I had a whole year, and I actually got the second highest grade in wow. the gifted program. All of the points deducted were typing errors because mm-hmm. it was – I typed it on the typewriter from like the 1930s. Oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it was all typing mistakes. Mm-hmm. So – but uh, sorry. I know I'm taking the long way no, to get I, to this. No,
2: I think it's very insightful.
1: <laughs> so I had mentioned before my – like after school, I, I didn't – I had – like I was working at like a J.C. JCPenney. Mm-hmm. You know, at the the local mall, and uh, after the holidays, I got let go. And my dad literally is like, "If you don't get a job, you're out of here. Like you're mm-hmm. not you're not just sitting yeah. around."
2: You know, he had a great line. Yeah, for this,
1: I just feel like <laughs> I've said it all the time. He was like, "I have two fantastic opportunities for you. You're either going to join the working class, or you're going to join the homeless." So, and I had a friend at the house at the time when he said that. Like he said it multiple times. Mm-hmm. It became the running joke. Like, and he was starting to give me a timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he got to the end of this month. Yep. So um, I had a friend that worked at Moon Nurseries, and he worked in their wholesale yard. He was a foreman. And he was like, man, I can get you a job. We're always hiring. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we get to run big equipment, like like payloaders and front-end yeah. loaders. Like, it's fun. Like, we'll have fun. Mm-hmm. So I think my – it was 19, February 16th, 1989. I remember. I wasn't the day. born yet. <laughs> so yeah. um, I went in. Well, that was my first day. I went in and I was kind of goth back then. So I yeah. had like high spiked hair. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be unusual if I had eyeliner on. Mm-hmm. Like yep. long yep. black trench coat. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Yep. And they're like, I remember it was a. John Stell, I still know people that I worked yeah, with yeah. back then and they were like, "Oh my god, you were a sight." And they were like, "Don't hire this guy." And my boss for some reason was like, "Well, I need people and he's yeah. a willing body, so I'm hiring him."
0: Yep.
1: And uh I went home the first day and cried. Like we were <laughs> we were uh taking trees that had been overwintered in in chips and everything was mm-hmm. frozen solid. Like and it was cold and yep. it was it was hard work cuz we're moving like 3-4 inch caliper yeah, trees. Yep. And, uh, like, I went home. I'm like, oh, my God, this is what I have to do for the rest of my life. Like, I made a big mistake. Like, I, I have to figure out how to go to college. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is this is not going to work. I'm like, maybe I can work enough to go to college. And uh, and then I was like – like, I remember sitting there, and after that, I'm like, well, if I'm going to – if I end up doing this for the rest of my life, I'm going to do it the best that I can. Mm-hmm. I think it, like, I think I was making $5 an hour. Yeah. Like, I started at $5 an hour. So that's kind of how it started. But I didn't want it. Like, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Like, I got off It track. wasn't
2: like you sought it out. It, it was a last resort, in a sense. It was a last so.
1: resort. And I know I mentioned before, like, in, in ninth grade, you do the test where they figure out what your occupation should be. Mm-hmm. And the, mine was botanist. Yeah. Like, and I remember, like, getting made fun of. And I'm like, oh, I'm never going to be a botanist. Like, this is kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't even know anything about plants.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like I was decent at it. Like I should have been fired the first year. I would call out all the time. Mm-hmm. I was lazy. I didn't want to do it. Like yeah. I don't know why I didn't get fired. Yeah. But uh, I I have kind of a photographic memory. So I could remember the plants. Like yeah. I, the first plant I ever learned was crimson pygmy barberry.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Because when you move 200 of them and your arms oh, are bleeding they yeah. <laughs> are like i'll remember this yeah you know so it's i had a good aptitude for it and then they kind of figured out that my boss at the time was encouraging me to goof off because he wanted to goof off gotcha <laughs> and yeah. he went out with an appendicitis mm-hmm. and they realized that my production went way up okay <laughs> and when he came back they laid them off, and they promoted me. So that was yeah. kind of like the beginning. That was like within a year, I'd worked up to foreman. Yeah, yeah. And then, like a year later, I'd worked myself up to wholesale yard manager. Mm-hmm. So, um, and even at that point, I didn't want to do it. Like I was constantly, I started taking courses at Bucks County Community College. Mm-hmm. But we met a bunch of people that like did what?
2: What uh, kind of courses?
1: It was, it was uh, English. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was taking like, like on course to still be a teacher. I yeah. at that point okay, I yeah. still thought yeah. I wanted to be a teacher. And uh but we fell into a group of people that liked to party and mm-hmm. we would meet up at class and then go to nightclubs. Yeah. Like at nineteen. Like I looked old enough that I could get alcohol no problem. Mm-hmm. Like I could go into any of the stores. Like and at that point they knew me. Yeah. So I could go in, we would get grab alcohol and drive to like club pulsations mm-hmm. and like drink and dance and yeah. yeah. Instead of going, so I was paying for it myself, and oh, still yeah. just
2: yeah. not doing it. Yep, <laughs> yep, yeah. It's uh, but you were relatively young, yeah, and um, your decision making was probably still suspect. Oh, it was poor. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> yeah. those were like my craziest years, like between like sixteen and I want to say twenty one, mm-hmm. like maybe twenty two. Yeah, where like my worst, like I didn't didn't make any attempt. To maturing or – and you see how I am now. So imagine like a friend with no inhibitions. Mm -hmm. Like my friends – all kidding. Like in high school, I was voted most talkative, Mm -hmm. and class clown, but you can only have one. So I had more votes for most talkative. But my friends voted me most likely to willingly get in the trunk of a car. (laughs) <laughs>
2: That's an interesting uh, superlative. Uh, They're like, category, they wouldn't even yeah.
1: have to force you. They'd be like, you want to get in the trunk of the car and go for a ride and be like, yeah, sure. Let's see where, <laughs> see what happens. So that was kind of like how I was mm-hmm. as a as a teenager. Yep, but yep. Now, I can keep going. Like, I know – I don't know if you have questions. Like, that was just how I started no, I, in the industry. I
2: think, uh, yeah, we're, we will. And, I want to continue and, on that. And
1: I want to say I hadn't really fully ever embraced it.
2: Until we started this podcast, mm-hmm.
1: where I felt that I was a part of it, I felt yeah. I worked in it. Yep, but now I feel
2: like I'm a part. Of yeah, it. I have one little aside because um, you're talking about when you're 19 and yeah. then you're going to the clubs and they I don't just even knew think who that's, you were.
1: I don't even think that's a thing anymore. Like you don't oh, go yeah. dancing anymore. No, but like back uh, then, I'm sure some people yeah. do.
2: I've never have, but um, yeah. When I was in college, I mm-hmm. had friends that would go to like the one bar in our yeah. college town and. They were just like, oh, just come with us. I was eighteen or nineteen, yeah. and uh, I was—I think it was my freshman year, end of my freshman year. And like, yeah, just come with us. And then they just never, because I was with those people, <laughs> yeah. they never carded me or never, they just served me. And then, um, then they got to know me, so I could go in whenever I wanted. Yeah. And they never carved carded me or served, or they always served me. And then uh, it eventually it came down to, it was my senior year, and my roommate was having his twenty first birthday. Mm-hmm. I was now twenty-one, maybe twenty-two, and he was—I was about to turn twenty-two, and he's having his twenty-first birthday. And we're and he, I because he started coming with me, they never carded him, <laughs> so he'd been going there for years too. And um, and we were saying all of our roommates, five of us, were going out and we're like we are celebrating as a Tuesday. We're celebrating yeah. his birthday, but we can't say it's his birthday. <laughs> 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 so we're uh we all go in and we're like all happy and um and everyone has that like one person in their group of friends yeah. who you don't really like but you let hang around yeah. and it's like everyone complains about them all the time they're but the, out- yeah, the outlier they're like yeah. a nice person yeah. but you, you they annoy everybody in the group we had that guy too and uh and we're all like the bartender comes up and is like oh yeah so what are you uh what are you guys here for on a Tuesday night? And that that guy is like, oh, it's it's, what's his name's birthday? She's <laughs> like, oh, how old are you turning? Let me see IDs, and she ID'd everyone. And I would, uh, it I was friends with these yeah. people now, and it really just soured that uh relationship for a while. Um, it, it always where does. I got carded every time I went in, and even though they knew at that point that yeah. I was over, yeah. I was legal to come in. But in retrospect, I was like, I didn't realize how much risk I was putting on those people. I was just a 19-year-old that didn't realize it was such a big deal. I
1: I had a similar experience. Like, I'd been going right around the corner from where I lived. There was a sports bar called AJ Sports Bar. I think it's now called McStew's, But it was half sports bar, half nightclub. And I had been going getting beer from there since I was 17. So I I was maybe like a month over 21, and I went in, and someone I went to high school was now working behind the counter, and his boss was there. And his boss was the one that always waited on me. Mm-hmm. So my friend goes, I got to ask for your ID, but I know how old you are. And the guy's like, "Yeah, hey, he's been coming in here for years. And when he saw my ID that I just turned in 21, he shot me like the look of death. Like
0: yeah. you
1: – you know, like. Like it was never the same after like he would mm-hmm. always joke around with me and then after that it was like I was a stra- yep. stranger. Yep. Strange. So
0: Yeah.
2: But uh So but that's that's how I started This sta- is becoming like a self help yeah. podcast <laughs> in a way.
1: It's like, <laughs> At least I'm when, honest about when the, it.
2: When is the help coming though? <laughs> we're, we're
1: okay. It it comes. It does come. But, but that there was, are a
2: lot of plants left, I Yeah, promise,
1: But that's how I started in the industry. So yeah. I, I eventually at Moon, I became the wholesale yard manager. My boss had left and went to work at the Connor Pyle Company, and I had – at one point, they opened a retail yard, and they wanted me to manage the retail yard. and I was like, I don't want to do that, and at the time, I was laid off for the winter, and like for a lot of winters, they kept me. It was a great experience for me because at the time, Moon was a premier nursery in the in the industry. And I spent a winter working with Bill Barnes in propagation. I spent mm-hmm. one winter just learning how to field prune trees. Uh, I spent one winter digging, digging trees. Like yeah. I learned a lot. But I remember saying, "I don't. I just want to come back and be the wholesale yard manager. I don't want to be the retail manager." And they're like, "Well, that's not an option. You either come back as a retail manager, or you don't come back."
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: didn't make the decision until I showed up. Yeah, you know. And they're like, "Oh, we didn't think you were coming back." You know. And I left shortly after that. But yeah, but yeah. that was my my foray mm-hmm. into the into yeah. the nursery industry
2: yeah but you still had a lot of steps between so what year is i this? did you had this a lot of steps 1992
1: between now and, when i left yeah. okay so it was like january so we still have uh 20,
2: oh wait no 91 no so? i'm sorry it was
1: 91 it was like summer of oh. 1991
2: 33 years yeah. to fill yeah
1: in. yeah so all yeah. right what happened next so one of one of my customers who was a landscaper came in. Like at the time, I think I was making like $7.25 mm-hmm. an hour. Like I wasn't – even as a manager, I wasn't yeah. making much. And when you're a wholesale yard manager, it's kind of production. It's kind of sales. You're a little bit of both because it's – like yeah. you're running your own nursery.
2: Yeah. And, it's uh, fun. I'm just thinking about it. Um, it's like well, you go back and it's like, oh, they were making – they made $7.25 a day. and In today's money, that was – Ten thousand dollars. No, it wasn't it, a lot. It, it, wasn't, it a lot. wasn't a lot. <laughs> it's still
1: like today it'd be like making minimum wage. Yeah. You know, it wasn't yep. a lot of money. I think minimum wage at the time was like four seventy five or mm-hmm. five bucks. So um one of one of my customers came in who was a landscape contractor in northeast Philadelphia. And and the company's still there. They've grown really big, mm-hmm. uh J Sharp landscaping. Mm-hmm. They're based in Tullytown now, I think. But uh, he was like, Hey, I, I could use like if something came up and I was saying I wasn't happy and he goes, "Oh, if you're not happy, I could use someone. I'll pay you 10 bucks an hour." Yeah. And I was like, "10 bucks an hour? That's huge." Yeah. You know. So I I made the switch and I worked with him for I did it for 6 months and it was a good experience actually doing landscape work. Mm-hmm. Um It was tough though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's I wasn't part of the the group Guys, because they all grew up together and they went to, like mm-hmm. my boss was my age, yeah. so I'm 21 working for a 21 year old that has the contract for mowing lawn at the Willow Grove Naval mm-hmm. Air Force Base. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. like huge projects. But they all went to high school together in Northeast Philly, and I didn't, so I was kind of like an outsider. Mm-hmm. And I know it was the beginning in 1992, January 92, and my old boss from Moon, who was working at the Connor Pile uh, Company, had an opening for an assistant. Mm-hmm. wholesale yard manager and offered me the job and I took it.
2: Yeah. What, one thing I think we should clarify. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of people in there, yeah. but uh just for the folks who don't. What is a wholesale yard?
1: So it's kind of like a re-wholesale yard. So if oh, from,
2: great like friend, well, that, that I'm really gonna clarify no, things, right? No, so no, like kidding. if
1: you're familiar with like a northern nurseries yeah. or a, or a site one which was Shemin, it's it's basically a A nursery store for wholesale. So at Moon and with Connor Pyle, we sold our own plants in that store. So if you wanted to walk in, plus we bought in material that we didn't grow to supplement that store to make it like a one-stop shop. So it was basically a supermarket for landscapers. Yeah basically.
2: And so you're not just selling plants too. A lot of times it was... It could be hardscaping. uh, It could be pruners. It could be... You had tools and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It could
1: be fertilizer. It could be soil. It it could be all of those things. Mm So um, I had the opportunity to be the wholesale yard manager there. The interesting thing about that job was when I took that job shortly after I got engaged to my first wife Mm -hmm. and... I was driving seventy miles each way to go to work, so I was living in Levittown, and Star Roses is, is down past Longwood Gardens close to the Maryland border so for two years because I knew I was going to get married and I knew I was going to move for two years, I drove seventy miles each way to work, which you can imagine like adding another hour and a half to each way oh yeah to your day you know wasn't wasn't a lot of fun but um my boss got promoted. I ended up being promoted. I ended up running the the uh, the wholesale yard at, at Connor Pyle Company, and I was there for five years, like five and a half years, and I started to have at that point some aspirations. Like if I'm going to do this, I would like to move up. Like back then, nursery salesmen made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like there were nursery oh, yeah. salesmen that were making a quarter of a million dollars. Like there's an old myth about Monrovia that what ended salesmen making that much money. They were having a sales meeting one day and someone didn't show up and they're like, I can't come in. My horse is running the Kentucky Derby. And the sales manager was like, all right, these guys are getting paid too much. Like that's the old myth. Who Mm -hmm. knows if that's true, but I had wanted to move up like managing a wholesale yard is a rough life. You know, you're working outside in the elements, you know, you're doing all the hard labor. It's, uh, it can be rewarding, but it's very, very mm-hmm. hard. So I had had aspirations to become a salesman, but I kept getting passed over for promotions. Um, so I got passed over for one sales job, and then I had applied to be general manager at Star Rose's second location. At the time, they were the third largest rose grower in the, in the country behind Jackson Perkins and Weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, I applied to be general manager of the Maryland location. And they hired. And they're like, they hired someone else, and they're like, "Oh, you had the job until Jack walked in. You know, yeah. he's just more qualified." And the, the guy was so inept he had been fired in six months. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, "That's who I got passed over for." And I realized I didn't feel like I had a future there. Yeah. So I took the first job that would take me, which was like the biggest night. I don't even list it like as my reference. Oh yeah. And that was when okay. I went to work at True Green. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, as a salesman selling pesticide and herbicide treatments, what mm. <laughs> what a, what a
0: <laughs> for, yeah. For, for is this is interesting. Him, like, is this
2: interesting? Today, my has been redeemed. Yeah. He's, he went to the. I've made up for Church my my previous sins. Was, was blessed by Benjamin Vogt. <laughs>
1: and my experience there can be highlighted by my first day of work. Yeah. Was they showed us this movie, and the whole movie basically was saying that. Customers aren't customers, customers are people. Mm -hmm. And then after we watched the film, our boss turned it off and said, That's a bunch of bull. People are dollar signs. You know, and this is what you're gonna do. And I was like sitting there going, Oh no, I I made a (laughs) mistake. And uh at that point I did it for six months only because I couldn't find another job.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, it was um, you know, at this point it's it's nineteen ninety eight. Um yeah, you know, I'm making decent money, but I'm working a lot of evenings. I'm mm-hmm. not enjoying it. It's putting yeah. a stress on my home life. Like I don't have kids yet at that point. Um, and then finally, our friend Scott Lundstrom, I don't know if he – from Plants Direct, um, he mm-hmm. was working yeah. for Imperial Nurseries, which no longer exists, but they had wholesale yards, mm-hmm. and they had a nursery in Connecticut and a nursery in, in Florida. They were owned by the – I'm trying to remember. the com- It's a cigar company, and I can't remember. It was part of a larger conglomerate, like Macanudo, whoever does okay. Macanudo. Yeah. Like they're owned by the same yeah, yeah, same yeah. company. So um, he was like, I think I got a spot for you, like if you're interested at one of the wholesale yards. So back to the wholesale yard again like because that's all I knew at this point. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it wasn't what I loved, but I was good at it. And uh, they got me a job at – their Aston location, which is now a site one location um, in Aston, PA, like being mm-hmm. um, just a laborer. And it was probably the most fun I had, like going back, working for a big wholesale yard and not having any responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of rejuvenated my, I don't know if I want to say my love for it, but it just kind of rejuvenated how I felt
2: yeah. about work. And to there. clarify, did you know what a native plant was yet?
1: No. No. Now at Moon we sold a lot of native plants and they're the ones that people didn't buy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep.
1: So at this point it's all cultivars. It's really you know, Connor Pyle, like I said, like owned like four hundred and fifty patents at the time. Mm-hmm. So we're they introduced blue hollies and China hollies and uh they had euonymus, like fortuni mm-hmm. uh patents, like in all these New plant, so it was all about what's the new plant. I was I was in that mindset. Yeah. Like what's the new plant that we're going to grow and So Oh
2: yeah, and when we've talked, so Fran and I are both friends with uh with the president of what Star that roses. has become. Connor Powell has become Star Roses, and, and they um, were bought by Ball Horticulture. And uh, I had an opportunity to listen to him give a presentation about like their revenue model, and was just wowed. To know that so much, I, it was, I don't, I might have even been the majority of the money they made every year was off of royalties from other growers. Yeah. It wasn't off of the, pl- like, they were growing plants, a lot of plants, but most of the money they were bringing in was because someone else was growing a plant that they had the patent on and had to pay them to grow
1: it. Oh, blue hollies and, and china hollies were a lot yeah. of money for them
2: at the time. And, uh, and that was a lot of their business model. Now, we've talked to him since then, and they're, yeah. he... Actually has a an interest in native plants too. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: but no, like back then, what roses? It's what's the new rose this year? Will it be the next peace rose? When and peace rose is peace rose is one of the the most well known hybrid roses, and that's a Connor Pyle introduction. You know, but eventually everything comes off a of patent. Yeah. So like at that point, some of the blue hollies were starting to come off a of patent patent, and it was such a revenue stream that it's like, what's next? Mm-hmm. What's next? Like we have to keep this going. So they had a uh, uh, Angela Treadwell was mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Plants Nouveau. Yeah, she's that's her company now. But she was in charge of finding new mm-hmm. new introductions. Yes, oh, you yeah. know. So, uh, but at that point, like I was in Imperial for six months, and I was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And I got a call from Princeton Nurseries with an opportunity to <clears throat> be slash. Um, assistant sales manager, mm-hmm. and I see you smiling.
2: I'm waiting um, for this. I, yeah, I don't and, know. if uh, there's, uh, a, there's a secret here. I don't know if I want to uh, add a no, question. Go ahead,
1: but it was yeah. you can – we want you to run a brokerage division because we don't have enough plant material to sell, so you're going to go establish relationships with nurseries where mm-hmm. we can sell their material too. Yeah. You can buy in for our wholesale yard. You could be the assistant sales manager under – under Zach Baxter, mm-hmm. who's a sales rep now with, with Robert Baker Company, and uh, when the time comes when it gets big enough, you can choose whether you want to be the brokerage manager or you want to be assistant mm-hmm. salesman. Yeah. So that was April of nineteen ninety nine. I just found out that my wife was pregnant with our first, mm-hmm. and then I started driving seventy miles each way back, <laughs> yeah, from Delaware to Allentown, New Jersey, and I did that for six months before we moved right around the corner from mm-hmm. this. Nurse. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So
2: what's the what's the secret? I was so I don't know if I want to give away the secret here. All right, but um, I or how much of the secret I want to give away. All right, but we have a friend of our our program here. I think as he says, the program is that where you you met.
1: I'm trying to think uh, who you're
2: our, thinking of. Our infamous caller. Yeah. Was no. it then or was no, it later? Be, okay. it, before
1: yeah. then. Oh, we can Go give it away. Then. Let's give it away. I'm not going to say who it is. Yeah. But sure. so Saul, our caller Saul, I was was in the industry. He's now retired, but he was um, the sales manager of a nursery that I purchased from mm-hmm. So at Connor Pyle. So I met Saul – I'm not going to say who. Yeah. yeah. I met Saul probably 1998 or 1993, so we go back that far. But yeah, yeah. but at Princeton, he was my – he at one point, he was hired after Zach left to uh, be the vice president of sales mm-hmm. at Princeton Nursery.
2: So I worked under Saul for, for yeah. quite a few years. Yeah, and that's why you have such a unique relationship. Yeah, and we then, spent a uh, lot
1: of time traveling together. Like, so – what had happened with my trajectory there was I had done – I was at Princeton for eight and a half years. And at some point, Zach left. I remained assistant sales manager. There was no sales manager. They hired Saul to be vice president, and there was still no sales manager.
2: Does, does Saul listen to this regularly? I know Somewhat, he listens yeah. sometimes. Somewhat, yeah. So I wonder how he feels about
1: <laughs> this story. So – um At one point, I didn't really want to do the brokerage stuff anymore, and they were like, we want you to be sales manager, and I'm like, I don't want to be sales manager. I'm happy being assistant salesman. I was on the road with brokerage easily Mm -hmm. four to to five months a year traveling around the country looking for plant material, and it was tough. Like at this point, I had two young children. I missed my oldest first steps while at a conference in Louisville. You know, it's – it, and you you understand that with how oh, much yeah. you travel yep. now for work, it was it was difficult. But I didn't want the responsibility. Princeton was a tough place to work. <clears> mm-hmm. It was it was very political, yeah. and um, I didn't want to do it. And they basically said, if we have to hire a salesman manager, we don't need you. It was very similar to the Moon conversation. Like mm-hmm. if if you yeah. don't want to do it, we're going to hire someone, but then we yeah. don't need you anymore. Yep. So I be, begrudgingly became sales manager. At that point and gave up purchasing plant material mm-hmm. and – and I had my own territory at that point. Like I I had five sales reps that reported to me and in-house staff. I was in charge of shipping and yeah. um, I had my own territory of like Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, mm-hmm. um st louis in kansas <laughs> so yeah. even though I, I i would travel and saul and i would travel like two weeks we would fly out to kansas city kansas and then drive through mm-hmm. through missouri and illinois and then meet up with a sales rep yeah you know in in michigan and and go from there you know mm-hmm. so
2: now yes princeton nurseries was known for growing more native plants but that, yeah. was that um, a focus there or um it, it, was it something that you 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 started to develop an interest in native plants when you were there? No.
1: No, not really. It's um it's funny how how it works, but we Princeton Nurseries had a lot of patents also, you know, and Princeton Nurseries at one point was the largest nursery in the world uh back in the 50s. Like mm-hmm. they would send plants by train like uh, when it was up in Kingston outside of Princeton um it was right by a rail station. They yeah. would load boxcars with trees and, and ship that way. And uh, they eventually put Route 1 – the Route 1 cor- corridor at Forestall went right through the center of Princeton Nurseries. Mm-hmm. And that's when they, they sold that land. They bought land in Allentown. Like when I worked there, we were strictly – they had sold the last of the land in, in Kingston, and we were 3,000 acres just in Allentown, New Jersey. Yep. So it was big, but volume-wise, we were no longer – Anywhere near the largest yeah. uh, nursery, but we did a lot of straight species B and B. And to me, as a sales manager, production manager, we didn't sell a lot of it, so it was a headache for me. It's mm-hmm. like we keep growing these native plants for native jobs, and no one's buying them because mm-hmm. there wasn't that much of a focus. Yeah. Like they wanted, yeah, they didn't want Acer rubrum. They wanted October Glory. They wanted all the patents that, like, our biggest seller were ginkgos mm-hmm. You know, like because it's the tree that survived. A nuclear yeah. bomb, oh, yeah. you know. So you can put it on an urban street tree, and it's going to survive. So, you know, it was really all the patents that Princeton Nurseries had, and we had plenty. Like very well known, mm-hmm. like like when, um, you know, Princeton Elm was a big one. But when the elms went decline, we had two Zelkova patents, mm-hmm. Japanese Zelkova. So it was, I mean, we were all responsible for a lot of the invasives that we're trying to ban today. Um. And it's pretty interesting I just want to point out that every nursery I've mentioned I think is out of business now or no longer yeah. exists in the same yeah. form. Mm-hmm. Like so it's this is the first nursery I worked at that still actually <laughs> ex- yeah, exists yeah, yeah. in the same form but so that's that's where I'm at up to that will take me up to 2007. Okay. But we we sold natives, I knew natives But I did – I still didn't have the connection with natives. Mm -hmm. It was – I – at that point in my life, I considered myself more of a salesman than I did a plantsman Mm
0: -hmm.
1: even though I knew a fair amount. Like I get involved in our production planning. I can go out and show you the proper ways to prune like all those cultural practices, but it just didn't connect with me. Like Mm -hmm. I did a lot of stuff on the side. I did um, you know, music blogging, and I didn't know if you were – going to ask about that at all but like i i spent years writing a music blog and and being a concert photographer
2: for no bay you know i did have that uh that question on here um but seeing as we're still on question two i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well we're pretty much up to here like
1: at, at one point um princeton decided to close its doors And we were informed on a Friday, and it would be a three-year plan. It wasn't going to happen overnight. It would be a three-year plan to kind of liquidate. And that was on a Friday. And on a Monday, your father called me up. Mm -hmm. And he also called our propagator here, Glenn, and uh, asked us to come in for job interviews. And it was a very interesting time for me. At the time, my kids were roughly like seven and four. Mm -hmm. And I had moved from Levittown to Delaware, from Delaware back to – into Jersey and I had quite a few job offers and some of them were were pretty financially like really good job offers mm-hmm. and uh, the one thing my my wife at the time said to me was we've moved a lot for your your job and I've willingly done it but we have two young kids they're now in school and I really mm-hmm. don't want to move. And part of the problem is nurseries. It's not like there's one on every street corner, Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, your father brought me in and he did most of the talking. And I think I tried to talk myself out of him hiring me mm-hmm. because I was realizing I had driven by this nursery every day and knew nothing would happen. I yeah. visited once and just, you know, like a lot of the other, un- they're, they're doing all those native plants. They look weedy, you know, like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. what are
1: they doing? Um, And I remember saying to your dad, like, I know plants, but I don't know plants the way I need to know them for this job. It's like starting a new career. And he's like, you can do it. I'll help you do it. I have all the confidence that you can do it. So within two weeks of Princeton announcing that they were closing, I had given my my notice. (laughs) I had accepted a job here. Our propagator from Princeton accepted a job here, and that started the next phase of – Of the journey.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. But you kind of alluded with how you first answered the question that even though you were working here, you didn't have the same passion for native plants as you do now.
1: No, you know, I got it and I was good at selling it, but I never, and it wasn't so much native plants. I still, at that point, wasn't convinced this is what I wanted to do for a living, Mm -hmm. you know, but I didn't know how to do anything else. Yeah. (laughs) And it didn't translate to anything else. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you know, when I first started, you didn't have to have a college degree to do a lot of things. Yeah, but at that yeah. point, you needed a college degree to do most things. Mm-hmm. So I really wasn't qualified. I like I'd come to terms I was probably going to do this for the rest of my life, but I wasn't. I wanted to find other hobbies that I was passionate yeah. about. Yeah. So, like you know, and really like I think I was here maybe one year and we had like a record year of all mm-hmm. time. So it was going well. Yeah. like and I enjoyed. I love working here. It, it's it was nothing had nothing to do with the company or the people. It's just internally, I kind of felt like I hadn't found what I wanted to do. Yeah, for yep. for uh, a living, and that's when I started. I was kind of going through my divorce. It's probably like around 2013, 2014. and uh, you know, I'd always gone to a ton of concerts. I've always loved music, mm-hmm. and I was telling someone a story about a concert, and I remember someone going. You have really good stories. You should probably write them down and preserve them somehow. Yeah. And I did. I started to, I started a music blog called My Music, My Concerts, My Life, and I started writing about some of these musical experiences. And I remember probably like around 20 – 2015 20, maybe wanting to go to a concert. It was Nathaniel Rateliff and mm-hmm. the Night What's yeah. right when they got big, and I – the tickets were sold out, and I'm like, "Well, I have this blog. I wonder if that tr- means anything." Yeah, and oh, yeah. I, I wrote to their publicist and said I have this blog, and gave them examples, and uh, they gave me a a uh, photo pass mm-hmm. and a ticket to go to a concert. Yeah, and it was free, and that started. I think I went to 68 straight concerts without paying. Yeah, from that point on, you know, and I I went to that concert. I'm like, "This is great." And I wrote about it and then the publicist got back to me and said, did you go? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, did you write about it? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, can we see it? Mm -hmm. And I sent it to her and she goes, this is fantastic. I want you to go to these five concerts. Yeah. And then she put – she gave other publicists my name and then I just Mm -hmm. had publicists start it. Yeah. So it became like I would work a full-time job. I'd go to two concerts a week. I would write at least two articles Mm -hmm. a week and I started getting pretty good at it. Like my my photography got better. I started my I have a friend Janet who has a master's in creative writing. she she's in charge of government affairs mm-hmm. for Xfinity. and uh, she was reading some of my work. She's like, "This is really good, but you've never had any training. Yeah. And she started becoming my editor and once and she's an incredible editor. And once she started editing my work, it really like started like mm-hmm. you know, it never got popular. But people will read it and say
2: this is really good. Yeah, but you you would have a few because you, you started a podcast with it, and you have a few hundred listens, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, it so, wasn't like it was uh, peanuts. It was no,
1: like I I remember the first podcast.
2: What year was that? Probably like twenty
1: seventeen. I want to mm-hmm. say, and and my friend Janet and and I started a podcast, and we would just talk about what you know. We would do album reviews for albums that just yeah. came out, or what our top Christmas songs were, like. It was just like conversations that we had back in high school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, my friend Dawn, who who is a successful band manager, would come on and talk, and she would throw me like, yeah, she got me six row tickets to see Paul McCartney or backstage passes for mm-hmm. Red Hot Chili Peppers and things like that through her connections. Um, so it really helped along the way. Yeah. Uh, at one point, she even called. I think you know the story. Like it was, we were taking a company photo. Out at 557 Farm mm-hmm. yeah. in the Helianthus. Yeah, yep. And she called me on a workday, and I'm like, is everything okay? Like, like, is it just weird to get a call from her yeah. in the middle of the afternoon? And she goes, hey, um, tonight in Philadelphia, Tom Morello is doing his solo album premiere, and he's mm-hmm. doing an interview and performing the album in its entirety, and the host backed out and – we would like you to be the host. Yeah. Like you're going to interview Tom Morello. And I'm like, get out. She goes, say yes. Just be you. Like you can do this. The questions are written out. Mm-hmm. Like you can do this. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. But we're going to take a – like a company photo. Like I have to go. Let me call you back afterwards to get the details. So we did that. We finished. We came back. I called him. She goes, I'm sorry. Pierre Robert is going to do it from <laughs> yeah. WMMR. Pierre Robert is like – yeah an icon in Philadelphia and she's like I got you someone else beat me to it and yeah and got Pierre Robert so like the whole next day my friends were sending me pictures of Pierre Robert interviewing Tom Morello yeah, yeah. and they're like this could have been you but it wasn't <laughs> but uh you know like that kind of I so I was doing those things and then Through going to all these concerts and connections, like I was friends with DJs from the the Philadelphia stations. Like I had made enough connections. I met someone that had an internet radio station, Mm -hmm. and he asked me to do a radio show. And at the time, jokingly, we had all come up with rap names, and mine was F Money. So I called it the F Money show Mm -hmm. on I-99 radio, and it was like a three-hour show once a week. Yeah, And uh, like I started writing for them, and the writing got better. And I started getting sent to interview bands in person, mm-hmm. like which I did a little bit on my yeah. own. But like I started, like I would go backstage and interview New Politics. You know, like mm-hmm. I was starting to like get bigger things. Um, the and first, this was
2: all on the side. This is a no yeah. payment.
1: It was the it was yep. just the perks. Um, yep. I was basically working two full time jobs, getting paid for one of them. And uh, I remember the first radio show I got drunk on the air. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it was one of those i'm like i can't do that but the radio show kind of set like the format for what we do now yeah. as a podcast oh, yeah. like my radio show would have alternative routes where i'd play a band and then like i'd play a four pack of songs i'd play a band and three of their influences mm-hmm. and it would be like the new music spotlight and i would just do fil- local philadelphia yeah. bands and yep. then i would do like what concerts are you going to this week like i would announce all the concerts and then people get on social media so i started like getting that format mm-hmm. and then i did the f money show podcast where it was all interviewing bands yeah so again i'd get you know a good episode would get a hundred listens mm-hmm. you know it wasn't it never really took off like the local people would promote it their friends yeah. would listen and then one day you said i think i'd like to do a pod." it it was right before COVID, yeah. like and we had to cancel like some of the F Money show stuff because mm-hmm. like Saul would actually call into my radio show. Like yeah. that began the yep. the Saul call yep. he would call in and the, leave
2: the bird lady called in your radio show the too. The bird right? lady yeah. called
1: in my radio show. Uh so um a lot of these a lot of these people would call and do phony phone calls. I had I had three people that would do multiple voices that would call and I'd play the calls yeah. on the air. Yeah. Um you know, but like I remember canceling and you had the idea you wanted to do a podcast and I had the equipment. Mm-hmm. And I, now at this point, I had, I decided I didn't want to do the radio show. I didn't want to write like I'd been doing it at this point for six years. Yeah. And I was just burnt out and mm-hmm. I didn't want to do it. Yep. yep. And then you said, hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, we can thank uh, – I'll, I'll even personally <laughs> thank them – is uh, Adam Keith and Matt Dye from the Land and Legacy podcast yeah. for interviewing Dwayne Estes. <laughs> Um, who I had met earlier that year. And uh, I was just telling this story. I've told the story on here a bunch of times, but I was just telling the story to a listener who met us at the last trade show. And um, I was like, yeah, I was just like of all things I was doing. I was listening to a podcast while mowing my lawn and heard it was a podcast. I would actually, I started listening to because Dwayne had put it on his, uh, on his LinkedIn page. And, and I've since, continue to listen to that podcast because it's really good for uh for habitat management um with native plants
0: stay tuned for more of the native plants healthy planet podcast presented by pinelands nursery welcome back to the native plants healthy planet podcast presented by pinelands nursery
2: Turned off the mower, went inside. Because I forget so many things what I'm thinking about. Went inside, told my wife, said, remember this for me. I want to start a (laughs) podcast. (laughs) And and then I went back outside and finished mowing the lawn. And I I did forget it. And I probably forgot it for about two weeks that I had that thought. And all of a sudden it popped back in my head and, And that's when I came and told
1: you. I I do want to say, just to go back, like I know I started to talk about it when I said I came here. But like all the offers that I had gotten for jobs when I came here were all over the country. Like the one I really wanted was in Oregon, in Portland. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't because we know that company. I don't want to say who they are. Okay. And their kids have taken over. Uh Uh-huh. And the one does the job that I would have been hired to do. So I wouldn't have been there. Like my life would have been completely different. You'll have to tell me who that is
2: off air. All right. uh, But anyway, but that's why. I I, a bunch of people from Oregon. I can't picture which one that would be. But
1: that was part of my reason of work because I lived five miles from here. Like I just moved, but I had lived five miles from here for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, but, and I have been just for reference, I've been here for 16 and a half years now. So. You mentioned the podcast. I'm like, well, I have the equipment and I kind of know how to do it. So we sat down and talked about it. Like, let's put a let's mm-hmm. put an outline together of what we want to do. Yeah. And it was originally going to just be all guests. It wasn't going to be. me. Oh, yeah. It was like yeah. every other week we wrote a list of people that we wanted to have on. Mm-hmm. And again, at this point, I'm still not all in on native native plants and like this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that this is where everything changed for me. Like yeah. in four years, like everything completely mm-hmm. changed, like exponentially. Like how invested I am in native plants. And it's part of me now. Mm-hmm. Like it's who I am, but it wasn't when we started. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if that plays through at that point. Because yeah. I'm knowledgeable about it, I can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. But I don't yeah. know if you could, if you were listening, if you could tell that.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's something uh, we'll ask people to write in. Yeah, and say if you've listened to the and there's some people yeah. who've started from the beginning recently, and uh, so they've listened. It's probably a lot more difficult for someone who's been listening from the beginning yeah. and still listening today to have noticed that change. Yeah, and like when you're we're watching your kids grow up, and it's like. All of a sudden, you'll get like a a flashback memory from your phone saying, oh, look at this three years ago. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they were that small. Yeah. Um, I actually noticed it with my son. Even like we went away for three days uh, to a trade show. I even called them every day and was talking to them on the phone every day. And I get back. I'm like, man, you speak so much more clearly, like things that you used to mispronounce. You do not miss. Like you mispronounce these on Tuesday and you don't on Friday. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Why why, why did you grow up so fast? In three days. Now, um,
1: now the podcast yeah. was the start of a change for you too. Not saying that oh, you yeah. weren't invested yeah. in native plants, but it changed the overall picture. For sure. I, I sure. want to say.
2: And it also uh, – I'll add on to something you said 10 minutes ago. Um, also a great perk for, for – one, for talking to people yeah. that uh, we'd like to talk to but probably have no actual reason to talk to. Yeah. Um, and then two, for, for – there's not as – you're not going to concerts and that kind of stuff, yeah. but you can still get press passes to like yeah. the Philadelphia flower show. Exactly. Um, that was when we actually had Andrew Bunting on, that yeah. was a connection because I, Philadelphia Flower Show says, oh, if you want to, you can get free tickets if you're in the media. Yeah. And so I put in and they said, oh, yeah, we want to have someone on your podcast, too. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I guess this is kind of a trade, isn't it?
1: No, but it <laughs> it's also, not
2: just me getting to go for free and yeah. talk about it for five minutes. And we've also
1: so, been invited places to do yeah. live podcasts, oh, yeah. which is a nice perk too. It's
2: strengthened a lot of relationships yeah. um, with folks that, like I said, we re- otherwise we didn't have a reason to talk maybe maybe may the people at those organizations that we we did before yeah. we got to talk to their their buyers and this isn't a knock on who was buying yeah. plants but um, we didn't have a reason to talk to like their executives yeah. or or some of the researchers or those kind of things um, so we have good relationships with them too and they yeah. keep us in mind with things that they're doing
1: now my my friends and my friends have always mainly been friends in the industry. Mm-hmm. but like this even changed like my best friends are are people that we compete yeah. against like i I know oh, I yeah. posted on LinkedIn yeah. the other day and on social media like we were out to dinner and and someone had taken a picture mm-hmm. and I'm like these are a lot of my friends and we're sitting around having a great time yeah. they're also all competitors <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and we're all in yeah. the same space and I feel really fortunate that we all work together and we all help each other and uh I think this has even strengthened that so yeah. like it didn't happen like all at once, like the first episode. Here it goes. Like I know the Dwayne Estes episode was a big one, and I'm mm-hmm. learning a lot. The Enrique Salah one, like after reading yeah. that book and talk, getting to talk to someone from National Geographic and have these in depth conversations, it, it's kind of like you say, like once you see these things or once you know these things, you can't unknow oh, yeah. them. Yep, and. I, I guess
2: it is. It is possible to unknow them, but it probably is going to happen later in it's life. It's very hard,
1: yeah. but just having in-depth conversations with experts—you mm-hmm. know, talking to to Doug Tallamy about these things—and they kind of approach you like you're on their level. <laughs> kind of changes how the conversation is. Yeah. And having these conversations kind of – I never felt like – I still don't feel like I'm an expert, but I feel like I, I'm part of the space. Like yeah. it's oh, – yeah. native plants, I, I, I rip out in bases. I only plant native plants in my yard. Like it's my lifestyle now. It's who I am. If I ceased to work in a native plant nursery, mm. I wouldn't change that part of my life. And I kind of feel that I can – you know, we joke around that it seems like everywhere I go, I'm now the person that that raises her hand or stands up and says that's wrong mm-hmm. or this isn't right. Like I feel comfortable doing that. Like I yeah. feel well versed enough that I can have these conversations and back it up with science mm-hmm. and and like I feel like I'm part of this legitimately part of this space and I embrace it. I think the podcast got me to embrace it. Like yeah. You've been doing this for a long time. People know you. You're Mm well-respected. Why aren't you embracing this? Yeah. And as soon as I put any effort into embracing it and promoting it, everything changed. So all this time, I'm looking for some kind of meaning in my life. Like I'm writing about musicians, and they liked it, but I'm not a musician. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of them. It never really – I was always like on the fringe, Mm -hmm. but I'm part of this. Like I am – I guess another us.
2: analogy with it is like uh, how s- athletes always get upset with the sports reporters because they're like you aren't one of us. Yeah, you write about it and you pretend to be one of us, but you aren't one of us. We're well, this is we are actually these people. Yeah, we're in this this industry, and if anything, this has has boosted our. Our uh, status, I yeah. guess is, and, I, I hate to say it that way, but yeah, it kind of yeah.
1: has. And then we approach it the right way, like growing up. So the, the high school that I went to, the sports programs were horrible mm-hmm. and it was a, 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 big working class neighborhood, you know, not that far removed from segregation. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, like our bus, like when, when I was a kid in elementary school, there was still segregation busing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, of, of some sort. And, uh, the biggest thing our school was known for was its drama program and musical theater, and, yeah. and our uh, drama uh, teacher, they they made a TV show about, like mm. the NBC show Rise with Josh uh, – what's his name from How I Met Your Mother? Rosie Perez was in it.
0: I'm, yeah, I know yeah. you Yeah,
1: know. so I mean like it was a big deal, and it was a big deal to parents because it was the, the 70s and the 80s, and you have kids that say, I don't want to play football. I want to be in the musical. You can imagine, like that didn't go. It was very much like the Breakfast Club back then. So, but in high school, I was a, a, like, new wave, like, goth, like, Mm -hmm. part of part of high school, and you have that DIY, like, method. Like, it's do it yourself. You're part of this community. We'd make our own clothes. We we didn't do our own music, but we found we were different. We found a way to do things. And that's kind of stuck with me my whole life. And I feel like we do that with the podcast. Like we mm-hmm. created something without anyone telling us how to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. We
1: just said we are going to do this and create something. I felt mm-hmm. like, like it's different from what's in the space at the time. Like I'm sure there's more things like this now. Yeah, but yeah. I felt like we created something. We were really – I don't know how you feel. I felt like we were creating it for the general public. I was shocked at how many of our peers – Listen.
2: Oh, for sure, yeah. No, we we definitely made this, the initial mission, and the mission's changed, but the initial mission was we have people who like us on Facebook and are interested in what we do but don't qualify to be customers of ours because of their either homeowners or the size of their business, those kind of things. And um, we wanted to be able to steer them to – organizations that could do business with yeah. us whether it, and, and also pique their interest because native plants yeah. impact people's lives in a variety of ways. If you like duck hunting, then you're going to want to have a quality wetlands to attract ducks, which can hint, hint full of native plants. And, um, and so we'd have Ducks Unlimited on. So those people would listen to that and say, oh, I didn't know I can join Ducks Unlimited or donate money or buy a duck stamp and now I'm getting... All this, and then it was building some goodwill. the 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 key for us was it built some goodwill with some people. Got us, gave us that opportunity to talk yeah. to people we otherwise couldn't talk to, and maybe it would trickle back to us in the end. Yeah. And same thing with Xerxes' side. It's like, and let's face it, what makes quality duck habitat can also make quality yeah. insect habitat. <laughs> yeah, ex- so it's exactly. like it goes hand in hand. The same yeah. process. It's just different end goal. And uh, so we've said that a bunch too. Yeah, but I so. think I
1: think coming from that DIY ethos, mm-hmm. like like you're in high school, you're like a punker or a goth, and you have your community. But then there's other places. Like for us, it was City Gardens in Trenton. You'd go to a a, a new wave show, and there'd be other new wavers, and you're mm-hmm. part of that community. Yeah. Like I think we help do that. Not saying yeah. I, I feel like we kind of help bring that community together. Like we have a native plant community mm-hmm. that's a very DIY, very punk yeah. almost. Like it's always been there. It's always kind of been like bubbling mm-hmm. below the terra firma as an aquifer. Yeah. And now it's it's kind of coming out and it's got this, you know, I look at people like John Mark Courtney, who's doing like really unique marketing stuff with yeah. with posters oh, yeah. and things like that. I feel like we kinda all do it and we all support each other in a way that takes me back to like those types of communities as a kid. And I feel very fortunate. Wow, I'm boring you. No, 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 no. Yeah.
0: I,
2: <laughs> I went to bed at 1 last night, and I woke up at 5. Oh, so, yeah, yeah I fun. just haven't slept
1: a lot. We got snow last yeah. night. Tom was plowing snow at yeah. 5 in the morning. But I, I feel like we we helped be bring that group together. Like I'm not taking all the credit, but we were a cog in helping to create that community mm-hmm. that exists today, and it's getting larger and more popular and I think we approached it when you have a community like that. You you approach it with kindness, and mm-hmm. I think that has been a big factor in our in our uh, podcast, yeah. just to be accepting oh, yeah. and kind at, of who wants to be – we want this mm-hmm. community to be larger. It's kind of changed who I am. It's really weird to say that, but it didn't just have me embrace native plants yeah. and have it be a fabric of who I am. It changes how I – talk to people mm-hmm. it changes how i approach things it really has changed me for the better and it's actually my 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 wife now agatha we met right at we started this in 2020 we started mm-hmm. dating like the year before yeah so yeah. i think it's like everything kind of like lined up perfectly mm-hmm. in my life yeah like at yeah. that point like and i just feel at home like for the first time in a long time like i'm like this is who i am Mm-hmm. this is what i do i'm not like hey i work in a nursery and i do music writing it's like no like i think my linkedin statement is i start conversations about native plants yeah and i feel like that's what oh, I oh yeah and you see it when we go to a trade show like we mm-hmm. were just at mance i'm sure we'll talk about that on the next yeah buzz yep. episode but it was a completely
2: different experience partly because of this podcast yeah and, and oh, where yeah.
1: it's grown to yeah and where native plants have grown to
2: exactly no i, I agree with you there um, I'm looking at time.
1: All right. Did you have We've any been
2: qu- doing this for like almost it's, an hour? It's haven't. an
1: hour and five minutes. Okay. Yeah. Did you have questions that did I cover most I of your you, questions yes, without I, you having
2: to ask them? I think you, uh, you cut, well, anything, some. any, any, <laughs> Someone funny, know.
1: any funny ones I can answer quick.
2: <laughs> yeah. What? Well, uh, I had, uh, one question on here saying, what is your funniest experience in the nursery industry? I can't talk about it. I figured you wouldn't be. Able to. <laughs> I, I will say it's, uh.
1: The funniest experience I ever had happened at a management clinic in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm.
2: Which and they made you sign an NDA. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: it's it's not radio appropriate, but it's <laughs> it's like one of those things that happened in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, what yeah, happened yeah. in Louisville stayed in Louisville. But, um, you know, it was the bars in Louisville at the I don't know if they still are were open till four in the morning, mm-hmm. and it it was a day of drinking that started at four in the afternoon and went till four at night. With a group of people that just kind of went all over. Yeah. One of the the funniest stories or – I don't want to say Mm -hmm. funny, shocking things I ever heard in the nursery industry. I was with a sales rep. I was at Princeton. It was one of our sales reps was touring a customer. Yeah. And the salesman was older and grew up on a cut flower farm in PA. This customer grew up next to the cut flower farm. Just by coincidence. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't know each other then. And the guy's like, ah, you know, as a kid, we used to throw rocks through your dad's Mm -hmm. uh, glass greenhouse panes. Like, we would do it all the time and break the glass. And he goes, yeah, that was you? And they're like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I I shot your cat. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy's like, what? He goes, yeah, it kept coming. I I shot your cat. We're even. (laughs) I was just like, whoa, this just got got real. Like, but there were plenty of stories. Like, back in – in the late 80s, early 90s, their nursery industry was the Wild West. Like when yeah. I, the first year I started at Star Roses was the last year – at Memorial Day, they would have a party, and they closed. Mm-hmm. And it was growing season between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Yeah. Like you weren't open. You didn't ship. There were no pickups. You just closed, mm. and you were you grew. Like can you imagine that today? Like that was – Yeah, and then uh. we only had radios in the spring, and this was a location that was – 26 miles of greenhouses, mm-hmm. and at the end of spring, they took your radio, they took your front-end loader because they were all rented. Like we were loading bald and burlap trees by hand yeah. for the rest of the summer, or if you yeah. needed someone, you drove around till you found them. Like it just seems absurd. It was really glorified farming back then. Oh, it yeah. It wasn't – Yeah, it's not what it is today. It's not
2: what it is today.
1: It was really just a different type of farming, mm-hmm. and yep. it was it was – the stories that I can't say – are like it really was like the Wild West, but that yeah. kind of changed by the time I was leaving Star Roses. That had mm-hmm.
2: changed greatly yep. Yep. in a in a
1: five year span.
2: Yeah, I had another thing I was going to add sure. on there, but huh. I don't remember what it was. Well, it's the funniest story. Yeah. Did it have funniest story? Oh, did you happen to see this? Is I was thinking about bringing this up on the buzz, but I'm like, ah, eh, it's not pertinent enough. But on um, part of my anti cat agenda, did you happen <laughs> to see the the news story about? there's there's a research that has linked I don't I haven't read it yeah. but it linked cat ownership to schizophrenia no and I found out right. on, I found out about it on uh uh Instagram account called Reed sings the news or Reed's piano news wow and which is something check it out it's it's pretty funny okay um it's a guy and he finds headlines and he makes songs about <laughs> I like that and wow. um but uh I heard a little bit about it, but I haven't read it yet. I, I find it hard to believe. But the, I guess it, part of it is they cause toxoplasmosis that can make you really sick and yeah. I guess see things. So it's like, oh, maybe maybe there is a little bit of That's something it. here. So yeah.
1: Speaking of articles, I think that was a huge part. You, you making that suggestion and incorporating that to the buzz was a huge part of my growth in native plants mm-hmm. too because you're yeah. constantly learning – New things and and now I need, read a lot of native plant books, and I talk to a lot of other like the people that we've had on a Guest, like who were just people I admired mm. are now friends, yeah, and you get to have these conversations over and over, and you see yeah. the bigger oh, yeah. picture, and it's just really you know, I just feel so fortunate that you had this idea that changed my life. I, I'm sure it changed your life too. I've changed your life You've brand. changed
2: my life I've, for the better. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, it, has. it definitely for, has changed my life, the, too. For the better. And, um, yeah, you were saying how it's changed you in so many ways. I've found it's definitely changed the way I think, the way I comprehend things. Um, how I approach changed, things. Yeah, yeah, how my approach on things is. It's changed some of my personal beliefs, some of my political beliefs. Uh, just getting to talk to these people who are are really, really intelligent. And one of the things that kind of makes me laugh um, – I've been involved with this invasive species bill in New Jersey that got vetoed, which yeah. a long story short, they, we'll ran, talk out about of time. they yeah. ran out of time. We'll um, talk so about that on the buzz. Because yeah. uh, Murphy wants to assert his will. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the folks say I, our industry, like our end of the industry mm-hmm. is privy to a lot of these conversations, us even more so because yeah. we seek them out for content. But, uh, there's so many of these nursery people who are against the whole uh, – some of them are just against the entire idea that there is yeah. such a thing as a native plant. Yeah. And um, the, a line they say a lot, and uh, our executive director of the Nursery Association um, listens to this sometimes, so she may even hear me say it. But a line they say a lot is, oh, we need to go off science and not feelings. And I've really bit my tongue it's like, oh, seems like – you're the guys who are thinking yeah. with your feelings, and they're the ones with the science. We it's, we got a lot of science. I think you're gonna. <laughs> and we've been talking about who, if we had a council for this, who would make up the council? Yeah. And uh, and there's some names that are thrown out there, and I'm like, I who are very against the this like yeah. again against the whole concept that plants can be invasive, and um and there's some hesitation to put some of them on because they're going to be combative and not open minded, and I'm saying I'm like i i agree with some of that but it might be hard for them to not be open-minded when they are confronted with so much evidence yeah. contrary to what they believe yeah um but, and some people just harden some makes them bury down and get harder uh but, but we even see but, it in
0: our end
1: yeah. you know one of the things that i mentioned earlier was like i seem like i'm always the guy raising his hand saying no yeah and uh I was at a conference in Maryland in December and just at the moment someone didn't show up for a panel, mm-hmm. a growers yeah. panel and I got asked and someone in the audience put down someone that sells native plants but not all native plants. Yes. And I was the yeah. first person to defend them. D- yeah, very no, but I put
2: down like disparaged, disparaged. not like wrote them on like the they're island. not doing yeah. it
1: right. Yeah. Like you do what you do, don't do what they do because they're they're doing things wrong and it's it's bad for the industry. And I was the first person to defend them, yeah. Like, because I'm just like, no, that's that's not true. Yeah, and this is why that's not true, and we all need to celebrate I do this that person
2: constantly. Now. Yeah, and it's and it's like it has no bearing on our business at all. In fact, letting people believe what that point, yeah, what you're saying, where that is the wrong way to do things, probably helps us in many ways. But yeah. I. Don't like seeing incorrect information go out there. I agree. Um, I agree. But and and we're actually going to be digging into that a little bit. We will uh, end of this month. Yeah, yeah. And, or, and is like our two, next week, episode? two
1: weeks. No, yeah. The next guest episode. The next guest,
2: yeah. guest episode. So, That'll be fun.
1: But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a long crazy journey. You know, like I feel like how I grew up, like is a different generation in a different time. Like I think I shared this at some point. Like when I was a kid, like the first time I got drunk. It was my baseball coach that got the Mm. team drunk. We were – I was 11 years old. Yeah. And I got rewarded because we were driving to a – like the little league I played for, they would get tickets for everyone to go to a Phillies game. And uh, our coach was only 19 years old, and at the time, like drinking age Mm. was 18. He had a couple cases of beer and started handing them out on the drive there, and I got rewarded because a cop drove by, and I ducked below the window while still chugging a beer so he's like i i like the way you think like give him another beer like and just told us like we got to the vet stadium and we're all drunk and he, he gave us some helpful incorrect information on how to pick up women you know a bunch <laughs> of 10 through drunk Gosh. 10 through 12 year olds and then just let us go but that's yeah it was like the bad news yeah. bears like that's what life was like i feel mm-hmm. coming from that kind of era yeah. to where i am today gave me a lot of good understanding gave me a good yeah. way of not to do things it wasn't <laughs> like,
2: the wild west it was just pennsylvania yeah.
1: it, was, <laughs> it was levittown but it was a uh, you know it was just a big working class neighborhood like levittown is yeah. huge oh, yeah. like it was at the time i think the largest planned community yeah um levittown pennsylvania in the, in the mm-hmm. country so it was it was just crazy it's just a long journey looking back talking about all this stuff to yeah. where oh, I yeah. am today. It's just amazing that I got here one alive and and two as level headed like I know I think what works well between you and i I approach a lot of things with emotion, yeah, I think you're a lot more level headed mm-hmm. like you you put a lot more thought into things when we discuss it, I think initially than I do. Because I let my emotional response, yeah. I think, it's, come out that's first.
2: mostly just because I lack a lot of emotion. When it comes with <laughs> things. It's, um, I don't. There's. I was going to give a personal example, yeah. but I don't need to get it <laughs> no, no. But it's like, yeah, I when I I look at a lot of things, and say, well, those are facts of life. Why should I be upset when it's something that should happen? Yeah. Um, no, and that's. Like even when it comes to like pets that have passed away, as long as it's 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 the cycle. Yeah, it's supposed to happen. And I, but it's also I think I have some some brain stuff that yeah. goes on in there that <laughs> makes yeah. me that way. But I but. I
1: look back at my childhood and I have a lot of friends that are insanely, uh, um,
2: um, what's the word I'm looking for? Based on what you said about your friends, you're either going to say successful or Insanely successful or they didn't make it. And
1: I look back at my life through the nursery career. It's 35 years and counting. Mm -hmm. And there were people that made it and people that didn't make it, people that never grew beyond what they were doing at that time. And I feel along the way I continued to grow and I'm not done growing. Mm -hmm. And I I look back and I've made a lot of really good friends and and
2: feel at home in in what I do. So, I hope people find this interesting. Oh, yeah. You, you mentioned that you read a lot more now. Yeah. What are some uh, some books, movies, podcasts, TV shows that have kind of transformed your opinions on native plants recently um, or helped you grow, I guess is a better way to say it.
1: You know, the, the big one for me was Braiding Sweetgrass. Mm-hmm. Um, that really changed that not just looking at native plants from what it does for the ecosystem but your own personal connection. And what it means, um, the nature nature by Enrique Sala really changed. That it's not just plants; it's the ocean. It's it's everything, and how to look at just how mm-hmm. nature works. <laughs> which he 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 broke it down. Like those two are big ones. Soil by Camille Dungy is another one that just how it how it connects to your everyday life. Those ones for me made a big uh, big impact. What's the uh, I, I can never remember the name. I call it something different. The The documentary with Ray Archuleta. Kiss the Ground. Kiss the Ground yeah. uh, was a big one for me. And I know mm-hmm. there's another one about regenerative soil that that made a big impact on me. Um, yeah. You know, those types of things. Yeah, just... and a
2: little teaser for that too is um, a couple of people have reached out to us uh, digging more into that, that concept of regenerative agriculture and how it ties into native plants, if it can tie into native yeah. plants. Um, so I have a connection – with an, a farmer uh, from a different part of the country that's considered one of the experts in this field. Yeah. Um. I should, Maybe I wouldn't even... I think they're an expert. They might not think they're an expert, but they're one of the more highly regarded people in this field. So I'm hoping uh, we can have them on sometime this spring. I would uh, like we're that. in the coordination phase of, of that. They have the invite link. They just have not scheduled yet. I would like that. Yeah. So,
1: and actually, I want to... Point out before we forget, in the thing our next two guest episodes are both live episodes, yeah, which is interesting. I guess the second one isn't like it's pre recorded, yeah, yeah, it's kind of live,
2: yeah. but um, so Fran, you kind of threw, threw off the script here, so you did answer what a what lot did, of questions but that's, there. That's what this, I did. Uh, was written to be like a lighthearted and jovial conversation, and you kind of made it like a really uh a much deeper conversation than I, I had, kind had of felt like which I've, is good. I think it's a good thing. I
1: kinda of felt like I've talked about a lot of this stuff, yeah. but never like I glossed over it. Yeah. And never really explained why.
2: Yeah. And I think it's uh it's really enlightening. While we didn't talk about plants as much, um I think it's enlightening to understand your transformation over the years. Yeah. And how you've gotten to be someone that people look forward to listening to every week. And it wasn't always this way. No. And no. I'm hoping it shed some um some uh oh, crap i just had the word and it lost i lost it it's the lack of sleep thing um See, what's it, inspiration yeah i think yeah okay. i'm hoping you become or are, are inspirational I feel for like some people I, who do feel well I, and if i of,
1: can do this anybody
2: can. yeah do one of the things um and i'm blanking on the name right now i haven't written it in a notebook but uh one of the things we just had was at this past trade show someone who said hey i had a career in something else i they're I don't want to speculate on their age, but uh, they had a career in something else for 20 some years and were like, it was time for me to change paths and and do something that was better for the earth. I still want to work. I still want to do stuff, but I want to know I'm making a difference to the planet. So, and they were, yeah, they were walking the trade show looking for, for potential opportunities. There were
1: a lot of people like that. Oh yeah. It really was like native plants have become so big. There are people like, I need to be a part of this. This is what I bring to it.
2: Yeah. How can I help? Yeah. And so I didn't know those answers. I, so. I, my takeaways from a lot of your your story today is uh, be persistent. Put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to make a change. And um, at the very least, uh, try and do something that's media related or press related so you can get free stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It's, uh, you know, back before the podcast, if you looked at my LinkedIn page, it had nothing to do with. Yeah. This career. Yeah. It had to do with all music. You know, it was I was friends with all uh PR people or band mm. managers yeah. or, or people in bands. So it's you know, it's it's just I would have never have guessed that this would have been my trajectory and that I would fully embrace it. But mm-hmm. um and or that people would fully embrace me. Yeah. Be like somewhat of a spokesperson yeah. oh, for yeah. for this this movement.
2: I have uh Three more things that I want right. to do here, sure, Go Rel- and they're relatively quick. Okay, I think. Okay, um, going back to this is like I was trying to figure out how do I transition from what we just talked about <laughs> to some more lighthearted stuff. All right, do and it and say Let's if you were the president, what is the one change you would make the U.S. policy regarding native plants? Oh,
1: I I think there would have to be a a national invasive ban list. Yeah, not per state like. It, which well, that's even tough because things are invasive here that aren't invasive in other. Like, yeah. I know the butterfly bush and Scotch could do broom it are invasive. Regionally, you there could, could be a regional. Yeah. I I think that would have to be more policy. Make sure that that those plants, mm-hmm. uh, what what they do to our natural lands. Yeah. Um, I would definitely any national park would have to be strictly native plant mm-hmm. uh, plantings. Yeah, I, I think that yeah. would have to be instituted somehow that if, if we're restoring national parks
0: it
2: has to be and i know there is I,
1: there may i don't know if something like that right exists. from
2: pennsylvania i don't even know if he's still in office but i think he had some legislation that did that i don't yeah. know if it ever went through i reached out to their office and trying to get him on and never heard back this is like three years ago but any national well, park yeah. if
1: something other than a native plant to that area is being planted i think it does a disservice to the national park
2: yeah no i agree
1: of celebrating what that park is in that region. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so
2: yeah, and and I'd even go further and say, yeah, it's gotta be like native plants to that region. Yeah. And I think the national parks are starting to do a really good job yeah. of that. I agree. And uh We're making seeing more and more making Utah look like Utah, which is where <laughs> I will be when you're listening. Woohoo. So just having gone to some national parks. Yeah. Um what has been your favorite part of Native Plants Healthy Planet? Is a particular guest, a uh, particular instance. I, I think it's the
1: friendships. Mm-hmm. I really you know, I was just saying if you go through the context of my phone, most of most of the people in there are people in this industry. Mm-hmm. And I think getting to know some of these people better and I'm an introvert. Like, I'm yeah. not someone that like goes out and hangs out all the time and I'm not good at reaching out. Like yeah. I can just you know, if we left here and didn't work together anymore, it mm-hmm. may take a long time before I send you a text. Yeah. Not anything personal, just I'll just fade away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's um, some of the people that I've gotten to know better and have relationships with and hang out and say, let's do something, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Or we were just in Mance and we can send a couple texts. And next thing you know, we have a group of people yeah. hanging out where we're yeah. at. Oh, yeah. I think that's what I've enjoyed mm-hmm. most. I appreciate all the listeners. I, I enjoy when. At Mance, and again, we're going to talk about this. I started writing down people that would come up and say, "I don't necessarily do business with you, but I wanted to say I listened to the podcast, yeah, and thank oh, you." Yeah. I started. Well, you started doing it. I'm like, I should do this too. Is keeping a list for listener shoutouts. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had somewhere like between fifteen and twenty people.
2: Yeah, like in the course. I of three did. Days. I wrote down like the first three, and then I was walking around so much and just forgot and, to write stuff down, and yeah. But it it's was not, very. I had very, a bunch.
1: It was very, so, and people were kind of – So don't
2: be upset. If I don't a <laughs> your listeners That I think is basically what I'm saying. I, there.
1: I wrote – I, I yeah, hopefully – You wrote, got most yeah. of the ones that
2: I, I wrote. Um,
1: but a lot of people came up and were like interviewing me almost, like yeah. asking additional questions and asking my opinion on things. And it was just uh, very humbling. Those, I,
2: those always are like – I don't want to say weird interactions, but they're, um, they're different interactions for me because I – don't want to necessarily talk about the podcast all the time yeah. Be- not because I've, I'm embarrassed by it yeah. it's more that I'm like I feel like I'm bragging yeah. about it yeah. and I'm like but people are asking you questions and it's like and it's something we're really passionate about So you want to go on and on and on but then you're like oh man this kind of sounds like I'm just telling you about yeah. like all the cool people I've gotten to talk to and how all this now, other stuff
1: now I know this has happened to you too how do you how strange is it when someone asks you to take a selfie with you um, For, for the yeah. podcast.
2: I just it, don't like selfies, I guess. I, I don't mind it. <laughs> like even when my wife asked me to take a selfie, I'm like, yeah.
1: Like I'm not I discouraging not anyone from asking, yeah. but like it's hard to imagine that yeah. someone that you don't oh, yeah. know personally is it's, coming up and they're so excited to meet yeah. you that they want to get your picture taken and posted on Yeah, yeah. It was just like a very, very humbling mm-hmm. experience, but very cool. Like I yeah. went home on someone – Took a selfie with me. Oh yeah! Like they recognize me and and we're fans of the podcast and like I feel we have great listeners. Like I really oh, do. Yeah. I think I, I, I really feel too. like we have a great great group of listeners mm-hmm. for sure. But it's interesting getting here. Like it's it just and out of a thirty five year yeah. career, oh, yeah. it's only taken the last four years mm-hmm. to. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, I have the background. I don't know if I would have been ready for for any of this without the previous mm-hmm. thirty one years. But, yep
2: what um, else yeah you have another i got one th- right. one more thing okay before we ask uh, the most important question all right um and that is it's actually something you did before because when i wrote <laughs> this episode all right i made you do this part okay and i didn't change it i left all it right. the same kind of see what your what might have changed with your answers all right uh and that is a rapid fire round all right i have basically this or that questions you pick one I, we're going to do it as fast as we can. No <laughs> okay. thinking. First thing right. that comes to your mind is what you're going to spit out. Okay. And uh, they're not all plant-related. All right, cool. And then when you're done, I'll give you a little bit of time to explain okay. maybe one of your more controversial answers. All right. All um, right. I'm
1: ready. This is exciting. I'm looking all right. forward to this. All ready? All
2: right. Yes. Cardinal flower or blue blue? Cardinal flower. All right. Pats or Genos? Genos. Would you drink water from a hose? Yes. Uh, Pork roll or Scrapple? Pork roll. Rain garden or pollinator meadow?
1: Ooh, they
2: can be the same. Uh, I'm going to say rain garden. All right. My Chemical Romance or Foo Fighters? My Chemical Romance. Steely Dan or Dave Matthews Band?
1: (laughs) You really going to make me pick one of those?
2: Yeah. Yeah, you got (sighs) to. Dave Matthews Band. Uh, Sweet Pepperbush or Winter Belly Holly?
1: Winterberry holly.
2: The 80s or the 90s? 80s. Uh, Tree, shrub, forb, graminoid, or other? (laughs) Shrub. All right. And you have to eat one, peanut butter or Brazil nut? (laughs) (laughs) Peanut butter, because Brazil nut will kill me.
1: (laughs) Peanut butter will just make me gag.
2: All right. Which of those would you like to kind of uh, expand upon?
1: Is there one that you are curious? Um. Like, some of them are easy. Like, drinking from a hose, I've been doing it my entire life. Now that you know you're not supposed to do it, it hasn't killed me yet. So I figured, whatever.
2: I think mine would be uh, the rain garden or pollinator meadow. Because you really did did stall there for a little bit.
1: I chose rain garden because a rain garden can still be a pollinator Mm
0: -hmm. garden. So I
1: think you can do both. Like, filtering water is a huge need Um To recapture that instead of the runoff, Mm -hmm. like being able to clean and filter it and serve the purpose where it can be be, contribute to the ecosystem. So I I feel they're both incredible things, but I think the ring garden, you can get the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. And I I chose – if I had to expand on one, I chose cardinal flower over blue lobelia only because I know its function, but there's not that many red flowers in our part of the, the country for native plants
2: so um last question is what is your favorite native plant hasn't changed it's still the same it hasn't
1: changed and someone just asked me at this mid-atlantic nursery trade show and it's it's still iris versicolor just in its simplicity something very singular um very simple but can take Six inches of permanent inundation can take periods of of dry, can be in a rain garden, can uh, have phytoremediation properties and remove toxins from the soil, mm-hmm. can support hummingbirds early in the season. Um, there's just so many things, and it does it so it's not braggadocious
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just very beautifully simple and i think given all the wonderful things that it does it's still no one's been able to knock that one off its pedestal for me
2: yeah no i so. i think it's a great ah, plant too thank you and thank um you. nice early bloom yeah. nice rain garden plant exactly exactly so. all right do you want to do a final thought or do we uh save that for people who, who I, I really would, matter you know what
1: us. i i would love our listeners to have a final yeah. thought not cool. just for me, but for both of us yeah. and the podcast, we'll we'll leave this. What's your final thought on mm-hmm. this episode? Yeah, and like when we post this on on social media and the Facebook group, tell us tell us your final thoughts. We we'd be happy to hear it because our journey isn't over. Mm-hmm. We're still in the early stages of it. We talked about it. Like I never thought we would make it this far, and now I don't see it ending. Like yep. something would have oh, to happen. Yeah. There's so many things that we can talk about, so many guests. Things have changed so Mm -hmm. many times in the last four years that as long as we have interesting conversations
2: to have, Mm -hmm. I I don't see not ever doing this. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I know about when we made this script because I have – the name Oliver Millman. In here. So, <laughs> wow, that was a long time so, ago. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to wrap us up. Uh, make sure you leave us your final thought when we post this episode on in the Facebook group.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to not Oliver Millman, but Fran Chismar. Uh, for more information, you can visit. Fran, do you have a personal website? I do. So
1: we can, okay. I do. It's uh, www.nativeplantfran.com. All right. So you can so. visit
2: that website, and, and Fran puts up a lot of um, really great videos it's, on his own personal social medias too. It's
1: all the links to yeah. all my social media, which are all native plant fran. Um,
2: plus I have
1: links to stuff like my music, my, my concerts, my life. If you ever want to read any of that yeah. or um, the F money show. And also um, my wife and I did a, during COVID takeout tournaments where we would get yeah, yep, like the same food from two different places. Like we would say wings and we'd go to two top places in the area, eat it in the car and then pick one. Yep. So yep. it was uh, – we did that for a while. We just – after COVID stopped, no one wants to eat in their car.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we can actually exactly. go somewhere exactly. and sit down and eat. Exactly. So,
1: But you can find all that stuff there if you're
2: interested. So uh, thank you for – oh, yeah, where was I? I was like, Fran, weren't no. you supposed to say something? Oh, back? yeah.
1: So but, we're going we're gonna to say thank you to the egocentric plastic men who – and our relationship with them is they were actually guests on the F Money Show podcast. So – um they contributed our theme music for the Meet the Guest episodes. Make sure you stream or uh, cons- uh, stream or buy their music wherever you consume music. Thank you to Dave Bennett for a native plant anthem. Uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ, Instagram at Pinelands Nursery, and also YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. Don't forget Instagram also native plants underscore healthy planet. We have the question and comment line, which we love. Uh, Give us a call uh, and ask a question. Leave a comment. You can call it 215-346-6189. I will repeat that, 215-346-6189. If we pick your question or comment, we'll play it and answer it on a future episode of The Buzz. and uh, Or we'll do our best to play it on a future episode of The Buzz. And don't forget about the Facebook group, the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. Such a wonderful group. Just keeps growing, and the conversations keep staying very positive. Yeah. And I appreciate that.
2: So you can uh, buy our Native Plants Healthy Planet merch at our website, www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. There's a link right at the top that takes you to our store. Uh, a lot of cool designs up there, especially if you love Bigfoot. And the new the new podcast um, artwork should
1: be switched in the next week, mm-hmm. like on the website yeah. and on like – social media so that will lead to more merchandise oh yeah now that we have the new yeah. logo so we're and slowly roll- rolling i was thinking it
2: about now. this uh last night as i was cleaning off all the images from my computer um and saw how many images on my phone were podcast related or, or merch related yeah. and i was like you know we have a a clothing designer former clothing designer <laughs> yeah. working for us why am i not letting her do yeah. some of this design stuff herself yeah. instead of her sending me things because every so, time uh, every I think t- we might do every
1: something. time i ask if something can be done, what she comes up with is amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, we should just say design a few shirts. Yeah. See what you think. Yep.
2: You know. Um and it, I think it's something where the more of this stuff we can move, I and not saying yeah. there's anything wrong with what we have up there now, but they're very they're very basic yeah. overall. But the more of this stuff we can move, the more money we're able to give to organizations that need it. We've so. done a lot of good. Yeah.
1: We've done a lot of good and we've we've handled it very uh i i'm very proud of how we've we've handled yeah at
2: all. definitely definitely uh then make sure if you haven't already uh leave us five star view uh hit subscribe we had five new five star kind of reviews
1: no one, no one left a comment yeah
2: so i yeah. don't know who you are so i can't talk about you yeah. um but you can listen really wherever you're listening right now whether it's apple podcast spotify iHeartRadio, radio google podcasts just keep listening there or if yeah. you want to Try it out somewhere else. Listen twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> but with that, thank you, everyone. I'm Tom,
1: and I am Fran. Thank you again, everyone. Coming up next week, we have a live episode from the New Jersey Total Plants Expo. We
2: have a buzz episode first. Oh, then never mind.
1: All right, never mind. Yeah. We have a buzz episode next, <laughs> so make sure you tune in. It's written down here, and I ignored it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, now
2: you are going to be interested in that live episode. because yeah. I think it's a. Uh, it's a controversial topic, and I think we're going to present it in a really friendly, and um, and we're really going to explain a lot. Yeah. We're going to pull back the curtain on a lot of stuff, debunk some myths that you might yeah. see online. We've
1: kind of had this person on before as oh, part yeah. of a group, and yeah. we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but we're going to deep dive it. Yep. So, so, yeah, uh, cool. so make sure you tune in for that, and until then, keep it native.
0: Woods, wetlands, and dales Grows a bounty of beauty that never fails Our native plants, so diverse and so rare Treasures of our land beyond compare From the friends below, soaring oaks above Each plant has a place each family's love Monarch caterpillars, monks, milk, weeds so tall Bees buzzed about, sipping lectins all Oh native plants, how do you grace this land In your diversity, we will take a to preserve, or Tereus is a call, and beauty, even put in the sea, second to nine, to protect and preserve, or earth to restore, the be plant food that you just can't ignore. Golden bat, asters, and flowers galore, Menard is so stunning, can't help but adore. Their colors, their fragrance,
1: a boost for the eyes, their value to the wildlife, no need to disguise.
0: Native clan! How you this land. In your We will take a stand Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planted Podcast Presented by Pinelands Nursery Remember to like, share, follow and comment